sure. I'm not saying that if you call and start screaming at me, I'm going to say, oh, forget you. I don't care about you. Do whatever you want with them. That ain't how it's going to happen. But, <laughs> you know. It's, Maya is, but you know. Right. <laughs> Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. everyone, I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 55 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. I want to start off this episode by congratulating each and every one of our Nussbaum employee owners. For the sixth straight year, Nussbaum has been named a best fleet to drive for by the TCA and Carrier's Edge. Thank you to everyone for making Nussbaum such a great place to work. I, I believe... It's the people and the care those people have that make such a difference. I've received a lot of requests from our drivers for more insight into the behind the scenes processes that happen here in the office. As our guests in this episode put it, the driver sees the B to C part of a load, but they don't know how it gets from A to B. So that's what we're going to be talking about from a bit of a high level this week. We've invited three Nussbaum drivers that have turned Nussbaum driver managers to talk about their transition from sitting in the driver's seat to sitting in a desk chair. Maya Hernandez, Chris Cheney, and Brian Johnson share the things they were completely clueless about when they were in the driver's seat and the things they've learned since joining the operations team. Additionally, they share wisdom from experience to help the other non-drivers better empathize with and serve our drivers more compassionately. If you'd like us to go deeper and go over the more technical parts of load tendering, planning, and dispatching, let us know by giving me a call or dropping a line to marketing at newsbomb.com. I love getting your feedback and hearing your suggestions, and I think we'll plan to have some more conversations like the one you're about to hear, so let us know what you think so we can bring you the best exchanges possible. And now, here is from over the road to over the phone with Maya, Chris, and Brian. To my right across from the table is Maya Hernandez, soon to be Hodel, correct? Yes. Awesome. Congratulations. She is, uh, has, she's been on here a couple times already on this podcast. So uh, those of you that have been listening might be familiar with her. Uh, we've got Mr. Chris Cheney, uh, also uh, a second time guest to the uh, show here. So thank you, Chris, for joining us. And then we've got a uh, first time here. We've got Brian Johnson uh, as well. So Brian, welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us here and being willing to chat. So all three of you have something in common. And that is. We all have pants on. That's that is a good start. <laughs> Everybody came dressed, prepared for the day. We're all drivers. Everybody here. <laughs> Has been a driver for Newsbomb specifically. Mm-hmm. All have taken different paths to get here, but uh, each of you has had driving experience uh, in the seat uh, of a Newsbomb truck. You've dealt with operations and the shop and everything from that side of things. But now you're all here in operations. Uh, you've left the seat of the truck, and now you're sitting here at a de- behind a 
computer desk uh, and doing all of that stuff. So I want to kind of go around the table here a little bit and uh, talk about first what were some of the things that you were kind of expecting going into that position? Do you feel like, oh, I'm I'm going to fix all of these things that are wrong or whatever? The, you know, I'm going to do this better than what I had to deal with? Or any, was there any of that sort of thing going on? Or like, were you kind of scared? Tell me about your different stories. Maya, I'll start with you. What was what was your thoughts coming into the office? Um, my primary reason for initially coming into the office was obviously I'm getting married in June and wanted to be a wife at home. So it definitely was a really good opportunity to be able to have more of that home time. So initially my expectation of being in the office, I knew was going to be a lot of communication. Um, Just from with my time, I had Nathan Wirtz as a driver manager. I had Ryan Mara and Ken Hall all as driver managers. And I knew that to get to anybody else in the office, I needed to go through them. Um, So I knew that it was definitely going to be a lot of communication also, I was replacing Gary. <laughs> so I'm a size seven. He's probably a bigger shoe size and definitely bigger shoes to fill um, with much, that. Much better looking, though, I will add. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Gary, I know you're probably listening to this. No offense. <laughs> no, but but Gary was great. And so um, when you first come into the office, they don't just have you start your job right away. You have to shadow everybody in everybody's different positions and ops. Um, so that was definitely a big, big eye-opener there. And you had a little bit of an advantage by actually starting out as a performance coach and coming into the office yeah. a couple times uh, you know, a month or what, or you know, spending a couple yeah, days in here a month. Yeah, two days a month. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got a little bit of a taste right. of that already. But Chris, what – what were your thoughts when you were coming in to the office? I didn't know what to expect when I came into the office. Um, I, I knew that I loved driving. I knew that I wanted to take my career in a in another pathway. Um, I know I love helping people. So this was a great opportunity to be able to come inside and help people with something that I really love doing. Um, I did not know what all happens or goes on on this side. Um, as a driver, I, I was my primary source, if you will, a resource <laughs> to what I did, um, not knowing that there are so many other people on the backside of that or behind the scenes that were making things happen. Uh, so once I had the opportunity to see what this side had to offer, my eyes were really opened to, you know, certain scenarios that happen out there and leaves a driver puzzled or, you know, that kind of thing. And um, great opportunity so far. And Brian, you've been in the office for uh, how long has it been now? I started in October in here. Okay, so a handful of months. And Maya, you just came in the office roughly at the same time, It was the end of October, so I think he was two weeks or three weeks ahead of me. But So when you came in, what were you hoping to accomplish? Uh, Biggest thing was just for me personally, you always know as a driver what makes that B and C section, the pickup, the delivery. You don't know that A to B part. What makes that truck move? Who makes that truck move? What it takes to make that truck move? Mm. That's something I've always wanted to learn. I was never given the opportunity to learn in my other careers or other jobs. Coming to Newsbomb, that was one of my big priorities was, hey, is this something that can happen? Me get into an office position. That's what I've wanted to do. Like Chris said, I love driving that truck. That, that was something I just love doing. You're out there. You're doing it. 
And, you know, if you, you have a sense of pride with what you're doing out there. But coming into this office, it is a huge eye-opener to what the CACs, the load planners, sales, all these people go through to get those trucks to move. And that is, it's mind blowing to me, you know, mm-hmm. what it, what it takes to move a truck. Yeah. Now, Chris, you've been in the, in the office, the longest of the three of you here. Correct. Um, which it's been, what it's been a couple few years now, hasn't it? Yes. Total Time's time. Been flying. Yeah. Total time. I've been here five years, three months and some change. So you've obviously now had a lot of time to really figure things out and it, and now it's a little bit more second nature to you, but what, what were some of the things that you remember thinking when you first started that first couple of weeks, that first month, uh, when you came in, uh, what were some of the biggest standout like surprises, uh, to you about how things work on this end? Well, when I came into office, I was actually overwhelmed by the whole process, you know, as a driver, as Brian said, we're we're so we can we control the B to C part of that, if you will. But that behind the scenes, just looking at you know how a order is tendered, how it goes through the uh, CACs, and then the load planner is looking for the perfect fit, if you will, the right fit for that load, and you know knowing that sometimes that the load when it gets to the driver manager, it may not seem that right in the driver manager's mind. But the driver manager may not have as big of a picture as everyone else did. So, you know, the different programs we run and, and so on and so forth, it was a it was overwhelming, but it was actually a good thing. It was like something that, you know, really welcome. So and then the interaction with people um, as a driver, you interacted with just shippers and receivers, you know, sometimes DOT and so on and so forth, truck stops. But inside here, it's so you have to really open yourself up to the communications process um, because there's a lot of communication that needs to happen. And so as a person who didn't particularly like to talk on a telephone Mm. coming in here, it kind of forced me out of my comfort zone. Um, A person who didn't do a lot of emailing, it forced me out of my comfort zone. So yeah, no doubt. Now, Brian, before you came into the office, what were some, conceptions that you had about the people on this end. I mean, even with the best of intentions, <laughs> but w- when you're, when you receive that load that is going to keep you out over the weekend, mm-hmm. what are some of the thoughts that went through your mind? Uh, what were you thinking about how things were being operated on this end? There's a lot of things that go through your mind. It's like, what are they thinking? Do they not see where I'm at? Do they not see my hours? Do they not see, Hey, I'm supposed to be home this weekend. But what, as a driver, you don't see is what happened before that, that they now have to put this load on you and trust you that you are going to be able to get that load delivered. I mean, when I was sitting there shadowing the planners, I, I mean, I apologize to one of them, you know, because there was times where sitting in my truck, I didn't say it directly to them, but I was screaming at them sitting in that truck. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and, but then you sit here and you realize what they go through. Maybe this driver broke down. Maybe he had something, a medical emergency, maybe a family emergency he has to get home to. Well, now they're trusting you to do that. Well, you don't see all that. All you're seeing is, well, now I got to stay out over the weekend and miss my home time. It's part of it. You know, yeah. it's it's something we all had to deal with. Um, if you haven't had to deal with it, you're lucky. Right. Um, but 
and it's a different experience too. I mean, you stay out, you get to, you know, see other places that you normally wouldn't if you're just running home weekly stuff like that. So the biggest conception though is that they just have no clue what they're doing and they don't pay attention to anything. And, and that is a hundred percent wrong because they do pay attention to this mm-hmm. and it's just something somewhere happened that you don't know about, but something happened and now they're entrusting you to do this. Yeah. So, so Maya, when you're keeping track of things throughout the day now, how has your perspective changed when you're seeing all of this different information, all these things, you know, like Brian just said, you know, there may have been someone that just had a family emergency. When you're looking at all this stuff, you are looking at the hours and uh, all the different little details to help your drivers succeed yeah. the best for, for, for each one of them. Right. right. What's that been like for you to kind of try to keep track of everything? Because you want to say each, you've probably got about 30 some odd drivers roughly. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. I think most of us probably started with 30 to 35 and um, probably at 30 right now or somewhere along the line. I know we're trying to keep it at the sweet spots, 30 per per driver manager. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been... um, overwhelming in a good way like Chris mentioned earlier and the biggest thing that I try to communicate to my drivers is as long as we are communicating and keeping those doors open there's nothing that can't get accomplished and that's very very true Um, if a driver is going to be late for something I need to know and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to the load planner the CAC the if it's a brokered load Con, the people, the broker themselves, there's so many things that go into that. And um, the driver manager is the singular filter between office and drivers. So it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, for the, the driver to be able to communicate with anybody else in the office, whether it's about a load or a breakdown problem, we communicate with everybody in here and we communicate with the shop. Likewise, if something needs to get to my driver and they need to know that amount of information, that goes to me first, and then I get that to my driver. Um, So it's definitely uh, can be overwhelming some days. Some days are more smooth than others, just kind of depends on weather and (laughs) um, things like that. But it's definitely been a good experience so far, Um, just like I said, a lot of communication. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll throw this up to, to any of you here, but uh, what are some of the things that you see now, like very maybe specifically, are you that you didn't think your driver manager or the load planners were seeing about you before? Was it was it that those hours you know that you've got left on the clock? Was it I asked to be home on Friday at this time, and now I'm getting sent out west? you know, here on, in the middle of a Wednesday, uh, what do you see now that you didn't feel like your manager planners were seeing before? So to go off of what Brian was saying earlier, there could be a lot of different reasons why someone is sent somewhere that they don't want to be or, or get home in time when they ask to be home. Um, some of that might be a driver on the other side that that load needs to be recovered Um, Some of that's customer freight. I don't think that 
as a driver, you understand the importance between customer and broker freight. And not that that means broker freight is any less important or we don't need to make those on-time deliveries, but in order for us to have a profitable company, that's not always something as a driver that you consider um, the difference between the two. And I also think that um, sometimes planners and CACs and driver managers do make mistakes. I think that's something that we need to give grace to them for. So it could be a technical issue or maybe it is something where they were swamped with so many other things that they didn't necessarily have the time right then and there to consider your hours. And that's where our job comes in is we look at those things and we go back to the planners and say, hey, don't know if you caught this or not, but um, looking at the hours and the distance and I don't know if that's going to work. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. And then you ping that off of each other and then you get back with the driver. Um, I think part of the driver's responsibility too is when you call and you think that the planner and your DM have lost their bananas and they don't know what they're doing when it comes to your hours, it's easily resolvable by a simple phone conversation and a good attitude. Mm. I mean, if you guys can talk those things out and um, communicate that way, things get done so much better than we understand the frustration. We've been in your shoes. We've been that person that is like, hey, what's going on here? I don't think that I can do this. Talk about it. Dialogue about it. We're going to sit there with you. That's our job to resolve whatever issue that is. Oh. So, Brian, what's what's your inbox look like? <laughs> it's it's crazy all day. So it's, <laughs> when I came in, one of the one of the first questions they had asked me was, "How are your computer skills?" I was straight up honest. I hadn't used a computer since two thousand six. I had no reason to. Yeah, I could <laughs> send an email here or there. I could get on the internet and search for something. So I'm having to relearn everything. I mean, I've, like I said, you know, since 2006, I hadn't used one. And with all these other programs they're running and everything like that, it's, it's a huge learning. But, yeah, my, my inbox, it's constant. And I understand the frustration of, you know, because I said it too, is, well, you know, with Matt as my driver manager, well, why is he sending an email to somebody five feet away when you just get up and go talk to him? Well, it's not that easy. It's... He sends that email. That email is going to five different people. That email is then probably going to get forwarded to somebody else. And you, you have to have that paper trail and that chain established. Well, then you're still getting all those emails back and forth. And it's, it's nonstop emailing all day. But those emails are probably one of the most important tools we use. I can't get up and start running to five different people and try to cover the same thing when I can just send an email and say, this is what's going on. Let's get who we need to on this and let's get it fixed. And then everybody can see that and everybody can respond and we just build and build and build. I mean, that may go from me to a load planner, to a CAC, out to the uh, broker. And then the broker will come back and, you know, then we all get our answers. So there's a huge chain that this has to go through. And th that's why the emails are, are probably one of the most important things yeah. that we and, and Chris, um, I'm sure you've never experienced this yet, but, um, you got off, just got off the phone call, some big fire to, to put out. Right. And as soon as you hang up, that phone rings again. And now you've all of a sudden got another fire. I know you've dealt with that. <laughs> so walk me through that scenario of, okay, how do I now triage? How do I make sure 
both of these or the next three, four, five calls are all being handled and being given the attention that they deserve. You know, it's important to prioritize. I mean, every call that comes through there is a priority one uh, in my book. Um, and, you know, you might you might have a call that you deal with and you may have to uh, say to the next caller, hey, please hold while I get, you know, some emails out about a prior call. Uh, I think it's always good to be upfront with drivers here. Let them know, hey, this is not so much as this is where I'm at at the point. Give me a moment and I can, you know, get with you. Um, drivers generally handle things well if they feel like you care. If you're not rushing them or you're putting them on the back burner. Yes, I have dealt with multiple calls as such. And um, it, it's all about how you you show your, your, your care on your end. Does it spread to them? I, I know there, there's been situations that were could have ended far worse than they did just because of how the phone call was handled, you know? So um, we do a lot of rapid tasking here. Um, this is just part of, part of the na- nature of the job. And with the opportunities that we're given to do these things, you know, very blessed to, to, to be a part of a company that has value in their employees, you know, willing to bring them from the road to the, to, to the office to learn all of these different things. Um, you know, we take it one day at a time, one call at a time. And um, each one of these drivers, you know, we're responsible for. You know, we're the coach of the team. They depend on us. And not only them, thinking past them to think about their families. So when that emergency call comes in, it's not just about that driver. It's about who is that driver affecting. That's just how I tend to look at things. Any other thoughts on the influx of, of, you know, constant calls coming in, like did, did, before coming in, did you have any idea how many phone calls your DM was taking? No, it's, it's like Chris said, you know, it's when you're out there driving, you know, you may talk to a friend, you may talk to your family, you know, I, I, you know, you maybe make two or three phone calls a day, you know, unless you got some issue that's going on with work and then you're maybe making a few more. I mean, shoot, you make that in 15 minutes, not even 15 minutes here. You're making that many phone calls usually. So it's yeah. just, it's constant. It's constant phone. It's constant email. It's, and it's, it is constant getting up and, and going to check with somebody. If it's something that's major, major, then you got to get up and go talk to somebody real quick and say, hey, we got this going on. We got to get this figured out. What mm-hmm. can we do? And, you know, it's just, it's it's crazy how, how many times that phone's ringing. So. Right. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, like for drivers specifically, don't feel like you can't call. That's our job. We want to talk to you. We want to put out your fires. We want to help you the best way that we can. But I would recommend them know what you want to call about and know that we're happy to help you out. And if we have time to sit there and talk to you, I love asking how their day is going. I love knowing what's going on with their family. And if I get the time to do that, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to talk to you about it. Every once in a while, too, if I have a driver I haven't heard from for a week, I'll call him up on the phone and say, hey, I haven't heard from you all week. Are you doing okay? Is everything going well? And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those status check calls. But, um, oh, that's what I was thinking. Be intentional with your phone calls. Um, When there's a, a time to call about something that needs your immediate attention, I'm on it. If it's something that can be taken care of over a message, 
whether that be out of route or time off, or is there anything on me that's next after this? Can you check? We have three or four, if not more different ways of communication, which is going to be an email, a phone call. Currently, we use total mail. So when you send those messages through link, those are going to another form of communication to us. And we're supposed to always be looking at that. So if it's something that you send a message about and maybe it's been about a half hour and you haven't gotten a response back, feel free to give a call and say, hey, did you see my message? Mm-hmm. And that'll prompt us to to look at it. But we are honestly clicking between all these different things, yeah. trying to make sure that we catch what your need is. And, you know, I and we all, all of us enjoy putting out those fires for you. So definitely don't want to make it sound like we're super stressed out all the time. <laughs> And it can, we do have really stressful days where it is phone call, message, off the phone call, immediate phone call after that, an immediate phone call after that. So definitely be patient with us sometimes, just like with situations that maybe you're having a bad day. We need to be patient with you. So it's been a while for me, but when I started here at Newsbomb, I started off in operations, I was a driver manager. Um, and I actually really enjoyed, and I actually did a little bit of planning and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had, had some drivers. I, I always enjoyed being able to talk with my drivers a little bit and, and have that time and get to know them a little bit. But for me, there, there, it was a challenge just to make sure they were taken care of that, uh, the people I was planning for, you know, were getting where they needed to be when they needed to, you know, get through home and, and things like that. And there were times when there was more of a puzzle to the whole thing and a lot more brainstorming that had to happen. And it mm. required, you know, two or three heads coming together to try to figure out some stuff. And it might even involve multiple drivers potentially. And then it was even nice when sometimes the driver is part of the solution, bringing coming up with a solution. Mm. Right. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about just some of that back end stuff that is happening where, you know, there is actual real legitimate thought and, conversation happening when it comes to the planning of loads and and you're working with each other, working with planners and CACs and everything to try to figure out what the best options are. Um, Anybody got some good insight there? You know, Philip, I look at this as a game of Tetris. Mm. What I think is the greatest game ever made. (laughs) And this is how Nussbaum works. Each one of us is a piece of that Tetris game. And, you know, sometimes there may be a hole when we're trying to fit these pieces and we learn from those, those examples, but we all, we're always trying to figure out how to best fit and how to strategize and so on and so forth. And, you know, I find that to be like the greatest thing to do is, is try to not be the hero, but be the one who can answer the question. Um, We do find ourselves, if you will, picking the driver's minds when certain uh, situations happen. Hey, what's on your mind? Because the driver is the best source of his side of it. And we have, you know, unlimited resources over on this end. So it's always good to say, you know what, what are your thoughts about what's going on? And generally they'll have a, I mean, a great answer that we may have to tweak a bit on our end, but at least, they feel like they're playing a part. There are many companies that drivers' thoughts don't matter. And that's the really good good thing about Newsbomb. We value our drivers. 
how important is it to include the driver in those decisions and not just we work under forced dispatch by definition, but I, I don't feel like the way we go about that feels as forced as it could be in other situations by including the driver in, in the conversation. Well, there's, there's times where you get a driver that says, Hey, I was looking at this route. Would this route be better? Would it be cheaper, quicker, something? I mean, going through Chicago, nobody likes driving through Chicago, Gary. It's you don't, nobody does. You can't tell me you do. (laughs) You'd just be lying. You're right. Right. If you tell me that we're going to have a serious talk. So if I can get a driver and, and that may be something a driver sees. Yeah. I see where the driver's going, but I may not always have that time to a hundred percent look at that routing. That driver is going to get that routing and say, okay, I'm going to look at this and Hey, here's a little bit quicker way. Call in, say, Hey, you know, can I take this route? We've got a program that can easily tell us, you know, cost miles. Is it going to be more effective? I have no problem routing you outside of Chicago because I do know that that's any big city. You know, those, it takes one person to screw up everybody's day there, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> I don't want that for you, especially on a Thursday, Friday, when you're trying to get home, that's the least, you know, the last thing I want to do is send you into a major city. Granted, sometimes it's going to have to happen, but if I can avoid it, maybe, you know, save the company a little bit, tolls, fuel, stuff like that. That's not a huge problem. You know, I'm more than happy to do that and, and willing to do it. So if you see that, definitely call and say, hey, yeah. take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll run my program. The driver and I can talk about it and say, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do it. So so be proactive, too, in calling us and saying, let's look at this together. Yeah, and I, those couple examples there just – are, are great examples of owning it as an employee owner here. And it's looking at the situation ahead of you and how can I potentially improve this? The great thing is in something like that, you're actually directly maybe being benefited in that, but it's also benefiting the company, your team, your family here. And, and that's, that's kind of a cool opportunity that you do have as a driver here to be a part of, the solution and, and making things better uh, and offering up those suggestions. Um, did you feel like as drivers, you were able to do that? Yeah. I think the biggest thing when you go from, you know, starting from our first part of our conversation, what was the difference kind of between being a driver and then moving into the office? And um, so I know for myself personally, when you are a driver and you only have point A to or point B, I'm sorry, to point C, you do want to help your company out, but ultimately in the driver's mind, you're responsible for yourself and you're there to make money for yourself and you do not always get the big picture of the company that you work for. Um, And maybe that's because within the trucking industry, that's how it's set up, Mm. that the company looks out for itself and that the drivers look out for themselves and um, at Newsbomb, I know that we try to create a culture where we are all one body of this company. I couldn't have a job without a driver. A driver could not have a job without 
our sales team and our CACs and our load planners, um, we all make up this company. And so I think for the driver, looking at the big picture is sometimes more difficult when you're the only person in that seat driving that vehicle to have that own it and um, big picture type mentality. So I know as a DM, I really, really appreciate it when a driver comes to me, maybe it's with a different route or um, a different option or something like that, where they actually did look at miles and they considered tolls. I know it sounds like a really small thing. And I, I'll be honest, you know, when I was a driver, if it was quicker to go on a toll road, I'm thinking, well, we've got this thing in here that pays for tolls. I mean, I might as well use it. I'm going to get there quicker. Yeah. And you just have to, I'm going to be honest, not sugarcoat that. And I'm sure a lot of people think that way. But yeah, definitely appreciate being able to look at, you know, that PC miler routing that we have to be able to go through each one with the driver. And I'll tell them this might shave 20 miles off, but ultimately it costs a lot more than this alternate route Mm -hmm. might. Or they're thinking, well, it might be a little bit more in tolls, but it shaves off over a hundred miles. You have to kind of think about those different um, expenses there. And um, likewise, with late deliveries and things like that, we can always communicate about those things. But if it's something that you can help, we get charged. Once you sign the bills for that freight, that is your freight until it has been delivered to that final customer. And I don't think that that's always something that drivers and myself included when I was one have in mind. Um, So I'll stop talking now. (laughs) I'm reminded of something that Brent Newsbaum said. He said, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. And when I started here as a driver, I had Scott Stickling as my driver manager. And there was never a time where Scott made me feel like he didn't care. And even though there were some of those weird situations where, you know, I might, I had to take a short load. He was working me up to the big load. And so when I came in here, I took on that same thought. I have to take care of my people. I have to care for my for my team. And I think that we can all, uh, myself, Maya, and even Brian can agree that we want our drivers to be successful. Mm-hmm. And we'll go the extra mile to obtain that uh, within, you know, what we're given to do here. Right. Within but, reason. But within but, reason, but yes. But absolutely. I, I think that's a great way uh, to put that. And uh, I keep hearing here, I think a lot of what you guys are saying that's super key in all this is communication. It is working together as a team. There is no us versus them. I I know it can end up kind of feeling like that, especially when you're in that seat Mm -hmm. as a driver. You do have that all that time to just yourself, to the windshield, the road in front of you, and it's hard to grasp than all of the moving parts Mm -hmm. that are happening on the other side at the same time now you all have the experience as drivers not every you know person in operations here has that same experience and sometimes it's harder to empathize with what the driver is going through so i want to give you guys an opportunity to kind of contrast that just a little bit as well uh for for the rest of us that, that don't necessarily have that experience. What are some of the things as a driver now being as a driver manager, you know, being in operations, 
what do you feel like everybody needs to understand about the driver's position and what they're going through out on the road? I, I think we're at, you know, a huge advantage to where we come into the office as former drivers to help, I mean, kind of advocate for the driver, but then these other driver managers that haven't been out in that truck, we're just another tool for them to use to come to us and say, Hey, look at this. I mean, it, it's happened with me with the, the guys in my pod there. Look at this. Give me the driver. Give me another driver's point of view on this. Let's, and then I'll sit there and I, I'll help them look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're we are, we're another tool that can be used. I mean, we have a huge amount of tools already that we can use, but you know, you can never have enough tools. So they come and use us and we can give them that driver's perspective of it. You know, it's, Hey, this isn't going to work. You know, from the driver's standpoint, this, this is not going to work or yeah, this, this might work if we do this, this, and this. So we've, we've got that, you know, still that driver mentality sometimes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they, to look at things and have that different point of view to, to try to help out here. Yeah. To add to that. So from the driver perspective, when you're out there on the road and you're the only person driving that truck, um, I had to get to a point where I realized my life, even when I'm at home is on a 24 seven clock. Every second is being accounted for because of e-logs. Mm. I think that is one of the biggest driver frustrations within the trucking industry across the board. It's not just a news bomb thing because as planners, when we, and I'm not a planner, but when we accept loads, we need people to cover them. That's our customer freight. That's something that we've committed to in an agreement. And the drivers are the people that we need to get that accomplished. However, 34 hours is never enough at home. If you've been a driver and you get home late on a Friday and you're expected to leave on an early Sunday morning, depending on who you are, you have to be a wife or a husband, you have to be a mom, you have to be a friend, and you have 34 hours to be all these different things before you have to go back out on the road again. And then you miss out on all those moments with your family. So I think it's really important, like from the driver's perspective, when they're asked to stay out over that weekend or when they're being toggled back and forth between broker loads or different things like that, their frustration isn't just stemming maybe from that singular load that was just a bad load. It's, I did choose this career and I love it because I loved truck driving, but also you feel very spread thin on those those short moments home. And I think that's one of the things that I remember wishing as a driver that they would realize that and I say they is like trucking industry in general, that 34 hours is not enough to be at home. However, having to realize that myself and accepting, sometimes I'm going to get 34 hours and I just need to make the best of it. And sometimes I'm going to get to enjoy 48 or a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that as drivers, we need to communicate to our driver managers when we need that time off. If it's an extra day, I encourage my drivers as long as you let me know a week in advance and we can play, plan for that, take the extra day off. Now that goes back to drivers getting upset about being taken out of the guarantee, but you have to understand what are what's more important to you. 
what are your values in that? Is it worth it for you to be taken out of the guarantee so you can be and, home with your family? Right. And, and the reality, just to jump in there, yeah. is it may only be the difference of about 50 bucks a lot of times. It is. And and I know as a company, if you are not driving, we are not making any money as a company. Yeah. That's where that big picture needs to be really important to the singular driver as a company as a whole, because we don't, we're not singling you out. If we gave loads out based on who we liked and who we didn't like, we would never get anywhere ever. We would not be new spam. So I think that's important for office to understand probably where the driver is coming from, but also driver to try to have a good attitude and, and use that big picture mentality. So you say you don't play favorites. (laughs) <laughs> but how much does attitude play a factor in oh, that, working yeah. things out? That's a huge part. That Your attitude when you call into me is, A, it's going to affect the rest of my day. And it's going to affect how I, you know, how I view you as a person. You call into me and you're cool, calm, and collective. I'm going to be cool, calm, and collective with you. I'm going to want to, you know, push to... Make sure I'm not saying that if you call and start screaming at me, I'm going to say, "Oh, forget you! I don't care about you. Do whatever you want with them." That ain't how it's going to happen. But <laughs> you know, it's, Maya is, but, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's it's the fact that you know if you call, I understand it's stressful. Believe me, we, we've been there. The three of us have been there. We know it's Friday afternoon. You're waiting on a load. Maybe it's taking a little bit longer than you prefer. You're going to start getting agitated. A, a, a customer or a broker load, you you get a wrong address, something happens. Yeah, you're going to get fired up. Don't call in here screaming at us is the biggest thing. Come at us with a you know calm, level head, and that, that's going to help us better do our job because then we're not going to get worked up and fired up too. And, you know, it, it helps keep us calm too. If, yeah. if the whole area around us is calm, We'll be calm. Yeah. But if it starts getting crazy, everybody's going to get crazy. And that's that's not and, something we want. And that's a point where mistakes can start to be made. You know, things can start to be overlooked because now things are getting a little bit more stressful. You feel a little bit more urgent about matters. Um, I remember a time when I was still as a DM, one of my drivers called in. And then this is the only the, the one time that I remember where things got a little bit more heated in a conversation. And and, and slightly personal, at least I was taking it personally. And my driver was, um, I, I forget all the choice, you know, wor- specific words that he used, but basically kind of accused me of like, why would you send me here to this location? You know, this is a terrible spot. It was in Chicago, something like that. And yeah, not ideal. It was a brokered load uh, sort of situation. And, but there was a whole lot more that had been going on already during the week. And I just remember like talking to like, now, you know, that is not the case. Like you, you know, that's not what I, that that's not what I'm doing. And, and you know, that's not reality here. And we had to actually take a moment to pause and come back with more level heads, both of us to realize, okay, yes, you're, you're actually helping me out right now. And I, I feel like even when things are not going well, like their interest was always top of mind for me anyway, mm-hmm. was making sure that they were getting where they needed to get. I know that sometimes that might mean 
not the most ideal situations along the way, but there's maybe a bigger picture that I'm looking at. Maybe I'm thinking, I'm trying to get you home, you know, to be able to see family this weekend. There's a little bit of give and take all the way around. But I I think, again, just having that communication, like Mm -hmm. you've said multiple times here, talking some of that out. Sometimes it requires more words. I want, if I, if I can offer advice for both parties, both drivers and those on this side is to assume the best intentions of the other. Assume that we're that whatever the reason behind this load or this situation going on, there's, there's more to this story. Assume the best start there. And you know, if it needs to be talked out, talk mm-hmm. it out. Um, that's, that's, I think my, my best advice. Is there anything else that you guys would add and close that just an encouragement uh, to drivers and, you know, the, the, that relationship between your operations staff. And I think we could speak for the shop as well in this, um, even though we don't have any representatives here on that. Um, maybe almost spousal, but, uh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> but, uh, but any, any other thoughts, encouragement that you would offer out there? I will always, and I can hopefully speak for the rest of the staff, but I always want to hear from my drivers. I always want to encourage them to do the best that they possibly can, and I will give you my best regardless. Um, I think the biggest thing from drivers is have a good attitude. Do your homework. <laughs> as far as, you know, I, I understand it's frustrating when you can't find a shipper or a customer or things like that, but use all your resources mm-hmm. and communicate. Communicate about being late. Communicate about time off. When you're frustrated, recognize when you're frustrated and what your personal things are when you come to talk to me so that I can help you navigate through those things. Um, emotional intelligence is really important. And I, he's not here with us anymore, but he had a couple rough weeks. And any time he called me, I could just hear him pouting and he would follow up the call with complaining about his situation over and over and over again. I'm not saying that I don't take that into consideration and want to help out your situation, but at the same time, I can only do so much for you. Your attitude is for you to control, just like mine is for me when I'm having halfway. a bad day to you. Maybe one driver really made me upset, and I talk to the next one. I cannot carry that into my next conversation. This is a whole brand new one. I love all my drivers. They're super awesome. I love the intro. What's shaking bacon? I get that from you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and like, you know, to what Chris said, I will, you got to take care of each other. We are joint forces. It's not me against you. And as long as we can be a team and keep that communication open, I think that we'll keep our freight moving. Brian, Chris, any more thoughts? Just like, like you said, you know, communicate with us, have your ideas, call us and say, Hey, take a look at this, you know, and we'll look at that together. But when you call, just call, take that breath. If you're, if you're frustrated, take that breath before you make that phone call. Breathe and, and get level-headed and calm, as calm as you can be in that situation. Because I, I get it, it's stressful. Then let's work this out. Because calling in, frustrated, screaming, yelling, it's going to get us nowhere. So 
and and keep that communication open. I just simply want drivers to know that we love and respect what you do out there. Um, You really drive this company and um, anything we can do for you, we will. Um, There will be some difficult, some tough situations in which you'll call in and, you know, you may get upset enough to hang up, but realize when you hang up that phone that we're still working for you. And sooner or later, you, you, there will be a conversation where we patch things up. Um, every mile you drive, we're thinking about you. Not only you, we think about your family. So, you know, this is a group effort, a team effort. It's not a single man, a single island, single woman. Um, so let's just keep that in mind. We love what you do. Keep on doing what you do. Awesome. Thank you, Maya, Chris, Brian. You guys, great insight. Appreciate you here in the office. I enjoy having you guys around. It's been fun. And uh, I, I love that we have so many people operationally in here that have had driving experience. There's more than just the, the three of you, uh, whether having driven here with Newsbomb or elsewhere. So I think that's that's a really great asset that we've got there to share that empathy uh, out on the road. So. Uh, thank you for all of your guys' work and effort here. And uh, to our drivers out there as well, I want to say thank you for all that you do. I know it's not easy, uh, but I really appreciate it. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on here. And uh, we'll see you when you're around. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. Newsbomb is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Newsbomb's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to newsbomb.com or newsbombjobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.